Welcome, welcome again, ladies and gentlefolk, good sirs and misdams, all personages here listening to these proceedings. Uh, I'd like to have you all give a big hand to tonight's featured guest, who I'll introduce to you simply as Orion. Woo! Hi, hello, everybody. Oh, he's here, he's here, he's with us already. Now, um, before I get into any sort of introductions or conversos with him, let me start off with a brief word from tonight, his sponsor. But uh, before that, allow me to just say a brief word about this show in general. Uh, so, yes, this is Sotscast episode 80... Uh, oh, no, no, my goodness. We're all the way down into another decade. So, 78. Haha, <laughs> yes. Sotcast... Sot... Cast air eh, 78. It's 6.09 p.m. It's 12 16 2022, brother Anna clock. Uh, and it is very, very nearly 5 CE by the new counters. Uh, now, so yeah, tonight's episode is going to be a bit of an interview and then we'll see where it goes from there. But, but I would like to mention uh, Ferrara, it's instant espresso coffee, uh, fine Italian product since 1892. Uh, prodotti italiani di qualità and i don't know what that means but i know that it's true because this is the tastiest tastiest coffee i've had in a long time i've got it in my vegetable stew mug it's sort of like a uh orion have you ever seen those they're, they're sort of like a uh like a like a ball with a with a handle on the edge oh, yes, I've got a couple of those. all right that's nice i um let me make sure I've got everything in the right place here. Yeah, I've I actually I've had this one for some time, and it's I mostly use it for coffee. Honestly, it's 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 great for that. You can it's like a nice large mug. Really, it's not oversized though, so it's gonna get you totally wired. This one just has pictures of like of like tomatoes and mushrooms and peppers and things on the side, and names of types of soups and so on. They're they're really good for soup. Also, I'll say that much. No, that's a good point, and I think you informed me uh, before before the show uh, that you're enjoying a, a nice uh, bowl of soup at this very minute. Is that is that true? I did, and I'm a quick eater. I already ate all the soup. It was uh, split pea soup uh, from Amy's Amy's Organic Soup. I always love to you know shop and eat organic foods, and so Amy's is a great brand. Split pea soup, and I made a. A grilled cheese, or as some people call it, a cheese toasty to go along with it. I am living the life. That that sounds absolutely delicious. I've uh, I've done a sort of Jack Spratt with you over here. Uh, though that's not really my last name, you know. Uh, disguise, disguise. Uh, yeah, basically, you know, I've had almost nothing to eat all day except I did have a couple of uh, uh, white flour corn chips corn tortilla chips i don't know what they're really made out of they crunch you know and uh and, and that was that was pretty much it for me so i've been drinking coffee all day i had a tiny little bit of a you know i mean the tiniest ghost of sativa and i've got this bottle of non-alcoholic eggnog right in front of me that i'm excited to sip a little later in our conversation but orion um so so go ahead and tell tell the audience just a little bit about yourself how you're doing and and what's going on great yeah my name is orion valencia um, well, actually, my name is Ryan Valencia. I go by O'Brien Valencia, uh, mostly on social media and in new interactions because, um, well, because my mother told me that I was named after uh, a Metallica song from the album Master of Puppets, the 
song title is called Orion. It's the uh, pretty nice instrumental on the album that's fun to listen to. Um, so I go by Orion Valencia, um, kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit nicer. Um, and I am a YouTuber. I make music. I'm a songwriter. Uh, I, I'm a lutist, if that's what you want to call it. I play guitar um, and ukulele. And I have a couple violins and viol- I have a violin and a viola. So I, um, although you won't want to hear me play either of them, you'd probably much rather hear me on the ukulele. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and let's go into a little bit about what these are. These are, um, these are all different types of musical instruments. Is that correct? What you're naming here? Musical instruments. In- indeed. Yeah. Essentially the, the idea behind them is, um, with the lutes themselves, they're a musical instrument where, when uh, a, a string or um, a, a string is is tensioned so tightly that when you pluck it, it vibrates and it, it it vibrates when when tuned, the tension is tuned to a certain de- degree. It actually plays a specific frequency known as a note, and the notes are actually in coordination with the other tuned. The, the tension tuned frequencies um, of the other strings and they play different notes, which are again, um, you know, the, the difference of one frequency to another. And, uh, and then there's different strings on these loops that I was talking about. And essentially uh, you're also able to use your fingers and change the tension point on the wooden they call it a fret board. So the board, the wooden board that you can put your finger on and it'll change the frequency of any given string because you're adding a pressure point to change the, um, the, the tension. It's amazing, amazing technology. I love, I love being a lutist and playing these instruments. Well, and exactly when I when I think of the word note, especially as a vocalist, you know, it's it's sort of like you usually get one per syllable. If you're doing something fancy or flashy, maybe two or three or five, and if you go beyond that, it's a trill, and it's sort of like over the top. But but for the lute, I've often heard like I mean, it's been a while since I've had the joy of of, of sitting in in front of a lute player. But but from what I recall, oftentimes there's extraordinary rapidity. I mean, you've got note after note after note going on, don't you? Yeah, it, you, you can play, I mean, it's incredible because you can not only play multiple notes at the same time um, on a guitar, most guitars have six strings and you can put your fingers in all over different places and play all these different notes and then you can change them to, you know, in, in, in just about an instant to, to play a different arrangement of these notes, which are called chords, uh, but then you can also, also arpeggiate them and play them individually and play them individually fast. Um, and create beautiful, beautiful uh, compositions. Uh, it, it's really incredible. So, so are you saying that you you actually write music for the lute? Then is that correct? Um, I I have since I was the ripe age of twelve years old. So um, it starts with I just diddle. That's most of my life is diddling around, just playing around, you know. And I grab something, and I press my finger down, and I, I make a sound. And then I change my positioning, and then I make another sound, and then I just play around and until I find a, a, an arrangement of sounds or different frequencies playing at different times. And 
I find an arrangement that I like and I, I, I basically either memorize it or I write it down and so that I can play it over and over again. And then as I've gotten older, I add words. And these days I'll even go into a, a, a music producer, basically somebody who sits down at a, a computer, which is a very elaborate machine itself. Um, they sit down at a computer um, these days, music production has been done very differently over the last several decades, but these days it's done inside of, uh, uh, of an ele- electronic box where they can add all sorts of different uh, um, uh, designs to the sounds that you record and even fabricate them from within the computer itself. It's, it's such incredible stuff. So I will write music on the lute. Um, known, you know, known, known as a guitar or known as a, a ukulele, either of the lutes um, that I that I typically carry on me, and we'll record it, and then we'll add a bunch of different sounds. Um, I've, I've been even working on uh, a couple different personas of mine um, that I make the music under. So I make un- I make music under Orion Valencia. That's my main social media uh, personality, but I actually have alter egos as well that um that i slip into they have different characters and backstories um or they they're different characters that have full backstories on who they are um and the different styles of music as well so definitely definitely okay okay so tell me a little about about the different uh the different styles of music uh, perhaps associated with these characters so orion valencia i categorize orion valencia um as my 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 softer hip hop, my more um, I would say family friendly hip hop, um, ukulele pop, even more lighter pop, mostly family friendly, maybe maybe light, you know, references to marijuana or um, maybe light references to like sex or something, but nothing too vulgar. Um, so that's that's my main personality. That's pretty much me, you know, on any given day. Um, and then I have a, a, a very vulgar rap artist, um, a conspiracy theorist, um, and uh, uh, his name is Reckless Vendetta. Uh, he's a very vulgar rap artist, and he he, is, he despises the government and government agencies, and um, um, they get very angry, very vulgar. Um, so it's very like angry rap. I wouldn't call it hip hop. I would call it rap. Um, cause the, the, the music behind it isn't necessarily hip hop music. It's more like a modern, you know, modern beats, more like trap beats and electronic. Um, so then there's Reckless Vendetta. There's also Ovi, that is O dot V I. And Ovi is, I would call it dark rock electronic metal um and uh that's a that's a character um from the year well he 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 traveled back to uh 2019 from the year 2045 um and that's a character whose music is like i said um dark electronic but I always include guitar into his music. So, I, you know, we, there's the elements of uh, rock or metal because um, the, the vocal 
fry that I do with his voice. I give a lot of vocal fry when doing that one. And, um, and so, yeah, th- that's just a couple of my, um, my personas, Reckless Vendetta, Ovi. I also have Dr. Eisenberg, who is um, a time traveler. And he doesn't have much music associated with him, but he's just a character that ties kind of all of the stories together behind all of the other characters. So, um, that's those are my my main ones. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. Okay, okay, right. So, do you do you want to talk about time travel, or should we keep it to music? It's up to you. All right. Well, time travel is a very peculiar matter, and. Dr. Eisenberg ought to be the one to talk about that, if you don't mind. Oh, certainly, certainly. Am I am I speaking with Dr. Eisenberg at this moment? All right. Well, first off, I've got to explain to you that speaking to one another within the same time boundary is only an illusion of the mind. Does that make sense to you? An illusion of the mind. Oh, right, because... Because there's no way to validate that you and I are actually both here in this in this interlude, isn't it? Because you could one of us could be a recording from the past, or vice versa. Indeed, in, indubitably, as you see from this very moment, even though we are having this conversation, as you could imagine, time is being warped in such a way that you and I are not even in the same time having this conversation. Uh, and what year is it? Oh, I forget the year exactly. Are we 2030, 20, right, 27 or something? Um, we are not in this moment actually having the conversation. There is a minute delay. Every time I speak, it goes through electronics and it's sent through the atmosphere. And it's so amazing. How do you even know that you're also occupying the same Space time is odd. It's such a peculiar question. I always have in mind, so it's fun to think about. I will. I will engage in full disclosure. Uh, I, okay, so I. I do. Uh, the. I'm also here. I'm just making a wild guess here, actually, because I can't. I can't guarantee. Now, do, when you say when you say twenty 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 seven to twenty thirty, somewhere in that three year range, uh, what do you know? What event that the that they are counting up from? Like it's two thousand. That's two thousand. Uh, and 27 or 28 to 29 years, is that correct? Oh, yes, yes. Actually, uh, this is the uh, Judeo-Christian rendition of timekeeping uh, in the timeline that I am on anyway. As you can imagine, a fellow named Jesus Christ is the main person of objectification in order to keep time around his being on this planet, in this timeline anyway, 2000 and, oh, I do mistake, it is 2022, so 2022, uh, December of some time, 2022, I just came from 27, so I do apologize, I typically stay around this timeline quite often, but around the fellow Jesus Christ is what they call him. They, they love this guy in this timeline. It's it's immaculate. It's it certainly is, my friend. I've been speaking to a number of people, and it's and it's amazing how he, he's constantly coming up in their conversations. 
Um, so, so I think you're, I think you're right. In fact, I think we may be much closer in time than either of us initially supposed. Because I'm also here in in the month of December, and it's also I should have said this early on, so so we could have had a proof of concept. But I, I promise you, I'm not lying to you. Last I checked, I'm also in the year 2022. Oh, that's marvelous! That's incredible. How do you? All right. So if we're in the, if we're on the same Judeo-Christian timeline, then that means we've got the months with like the 30. So so uh, I mean, I know they range it from month to month, calendar to calendar, but uh, I've got. I've got a December with 31 days in mind. How many are there in your December of 2022? Did you say only 31? Uh, y- yes, uh, uh, apologies. So it's ex- exactly 31, neither more nor less, uh, on, on the calendar in front of me at least, and it seems to be real time. Right, so you must be in a 69, Wow, that is incredible. Actually, 32 days in the one that I'm in. Okay. Must be some sort of anomaly, if you... Well, I, 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 I'm sort of a glass half full kind of person myself. In fact, my my uh, mug of coffee here is still more than half full. I should probably take a sip. Uh, I, I like to think on the bright side of things, uh, Dr. Eisenberg, and I should like to inform you that I consider ourselves to be under the power of a very powerful coincidence. Because, sir, look at this, look at this, look at this. We're 22 minutes and some associated seconds into this recording, and it's the year 2022, so that's a powerful coincidence. But then more significant, sir, is that our months are only one month apart, which means we're in very parallel timelines, I think, in many regards. All right, so let me give you one more thing. Uh, Thursday... Thursday, the day of Thor, Thunor, or also associated with the god uh, Jupiter, that is that is the day of the month that, uh, oh, sorry, that is the day of the week, they call it, the seven-day weeks here. That's the day of the week that uh, that December began here. Uh, what day of the week did your December begin on? Oh, my goodness. I, I, it's hard to keep track time of. Hold on. And it's fine. Don't let me don't let me make you uncomfortable. So, well, for me at least, it's it's Friday, the day of Venus or Freya. Freya. Uh, those are two goddesses of the Germanic tradition. Uh, they're also associated with this this day today. That is, uh, it's number sixteen though. It's the sixteenth. We're like in right in the exact middle of the month of December for me at least. How where are you sort of in the month, sort of geographically? You know, I do believe it is around the sixteenth. Well, then, even if our months are slightly different, we're still on the same day. Isn't that interesting? Or at least we're very close to it. Fascinating. It's like, like I said, an anomaly. But as you travel the multidimensional universe, if you will, or multiverse for some others, you find that anomalies happen extremely more often than you would think so. Yes. So you're saying that it's more likely that we're in the same timeline and there's an anomaly between us? Or or what's the anomaly here that you're noticing? So many like things happening at the same time. That even though there's so many like things happening at the same time, we still apparently appear to be on some sort of off shift. And I find that miraculous. It, it is. I think what it does is it creates the possibility for dialogue between between opposing points of view, don't you think? I mean, because there's a difference between us. So that means that there's space between us that could be a little bit more like me, a little bit more like you, or a little bit like halfway between. You know what I mean? Right. 
right. We should get on the internet and fight about it. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's find something that we disagree on. Uh, just name a whole bunch of things that you believe in strongly that you're, you're afraid to not debate, and then I will say the opposite for myself. All right. Well, as a scientist, I believe that science is extremely true all of the time, except for all of the time it is also unbearably fragile. How do you think about that one? Oh, science. All right. So you're claiming that science is uh, it's both true and fragile, and both of those to extreme degrees. Is that the case? Indubitably, I see that. Science is a measurement of a lot of actual physical things in the universe, because the universe is an actual physical thing that we can be a part of, but it's pretty weak at its fabric. In fact, there seems to be a lot more space inside of each physical component of any piece of matter, so is it not just empty space or is it physical manifestation? It's really hard to, de to determine, to decide, so I find it to be a contradiction in itself. It's like the universe is one giant contradiction. Absolutely so, sir, and before I throw down my gauntlet, because I believe I can indeed argue the opposite point of view, let's do another advertisement, uh, and then, and then, uh, oh goodness. No, I've got to go on like this. Otherwise, I, it'll. If I took it in another way, it'd be a whole different experience. So let me let me pull into my bag of of things that I can read off of, and I've got right here a business card. Oh yes, okay. So so this is a, a metro card from the MTA. It says at the bottom, insert this way, and there's three arrows pointing to the left. This side facing you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is a uh, subway uh, pass card. Uh, for for MTA, which I happen to know for a fact, however you pronounce those words, whatever those words stand for in your dimension, I know they're there from place to place, it is the subway system of the city of New York. And there's only f four factoids they wish to convey to me. Uh, one is uh, that you should not pull the emergency handle. The second is that you should remain inside the train and listen for announcements and follow instructions from crew emergency workers. And the third item is to notify train crew or police if you see someone in distress or notice unlawful or suspicious behavior. Quantum screwdrivers are prohibited. Audio uh, technology is in force. Uh, no seatbelts are required, uh, but there may be officers of the law present the NYPD and force it. All right, so so much for the advertisement. So, so Dr. Eisenberg, uh, I should like to inform you, sir, that I consider science to be both lacking in veracity at many times and to be very strong indeed. I think science could outlast almost any of us. Uh, but before I proceed, I'll let you try to strike my point of view down. Right. Uh, unfortunately, it does appear that I'm on a bit of a time crunch, as they say. I have got to move on forward to the year 17... Actually, I'm not supposed to tell you what year, but I've got to get moving here, unfortunately. I will have to bring Orion back, but... I I have just a moment. Oh, certainly, sir. In that case, let's let's call it a draw. We can tie, because otherwise they'll have to advertise first for decades until we get back together, and it'll be a, be a real bore. I hate having to hold up these sort of engagements after some time, because then I forgot what I was dueling for, you know what I mean? Right. I, I just wanted to say thank you, because your last advertisement is what reminded me that I'm on such a time crunch, and I've got to get out of here. So it's been a pleasure. 
Oh, certainly, certainly, and thank you ever so much for coming on, coming aboard, and uh, and uh, to you know, if we ever meet again, uh, I do have a subway card that expires on June thirtieth, the year twenty or twenty twenty or something like that. Uh, Thirty, it has a twenty on it. I think it might work in every century. In fact, so you know, if, if we ever meet again, perhaps I'll have that for you. Perhaps not. I'd like for everyone to give a, a big hand in his departure for Dr. Eisenberg, and I sure hope that he can hear your applause, but perhaps he's already left. I don't even see him anymore. Uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, uh, Orion, Orion Valencia is here with us once again at 6.32 p.m. Uh, in, by my clock, and uh, a wonderful evening it is. So. Yes, December 16th, 2022. I am here. We are all here. <laughs> I I couldn't agree more. I'm gonna take whoops uh, one one quick sip of the caffeination so I can kind of you know uh, chip along here, and and then I'm gonna open up this eggnog. I'm not gonna name the name of the company because uh, they refuse to send us any money. So we'll just do that. Uh, O'Brien, uh, to return to the topic of the loot, I know it's a lot of people here might not know much about it, but it's one of my favorite instruments. They're very hard to find. They're rare now. They used to be very popular. That was one of my favorite centuries. In fact, there's a great year to be a pirate as well. So if you see a lot of people playing lutes on the street, you might want to consider your past and whether it's safe to be a pirate again. Uh, could you tell me a little bit more about the lute, sir? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the lute, which I do believe predates to uh, the 13th century, um, well, uh, definitely gained its popularity, I think, in the 16th and 17th centuries. Um, prominent in European uh, European popular art and music for of the Renaissance, as you can imagine, and Baroque periods. Um, very, uh, very popular, I would say, for uh, uh, nomads or, or travelers, not nomads, uh, uh, travelers, people traveling around, um, essentially a very portable instrument that they could, uh, you know, spout their poetry really um, anywhere and be able to be um, an artist and poet on the go. So um, I guess that's a little bit of a, of a backstory. These days, I mean, we have a whole, we have electric guitars, um, which are a lute with six strings and, and uh, pickups, which are these uh, devices. They have magnets inside of them that resonate or that read the resonance from each of the individual strings themselves. And the strings are made out of metal. So as the string resonates at that specific frequency, the magnets or the coiled magnets inside of the pickups actually pick that up and um, then translate that to a larger electronic system um, and allow for the amplification of that sound and not only the amplification, but then it can be modified through all sorts of different electronic um, uh, devices. A lot of people use pedals, but then there's full pedal boards and computers, like literal computers you can send your guitar sound through that actually change it, add a whole bunch of effects, you know, and um, make it sound totally different. And then it amplifies out of speakers. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. So all the way from uh, uh, travelers, you know, roaming around with uh, just making music and, and reciting poetry to passersby all the way to now, 
you know, stadiums being filled with people who, who, who jam on an electronic um, output of uh, these uh, stringed instruments. That's, that's frankly extraordinary. And, and I think something that you said there in passing, but that might be kind of surprising to a lot of people, and I think uh, for some of us, persons like myself, excited, because I might have misstated before. I said that I thought that lutes were, were a bit rare these days, and, but I was thinking of the original, the, the 16th to 17th century style, I mean, the way the body looked and all that. But you're telling me that the electric guitar is itself a species of lute. Is this correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and, and, and some people might argue on this, um, but um, I, I see the lute as a family. Um, it, it's, it's where all of the stringed instruments come from. Um, it was the, the, the OG, if you will, the original gangster of, um, of all of the, the stringed instruments, such as uh, you know, ukuleles and, and, and guitars, acoustic guitars, original classic guitars, uh, mandolins, um, uh, all sorts of other ones, the, the, the thirbo, the oud, um, pipa, and there's so many of them. And so, uh, uh, yeah, just basically the, the main premise is, uh, is, a, is a hunk of wood with tensioned string tuned to different frequencies that multiple tension strings tuned to different frequencies gotcha gotcha so you oh okay so you're saying if there was just one single string then it wouldn't be a member of the same family it would be probably a different sort of thing i'm i'm not sure there is i believe a japanese instrument um that has one string um uh, I can't think of the name of it right now. There's there's a there's a Chinese one too, known as the Erhu or Erhu or something like that. I I don't talk Chinese. I just play the play the one stringed instruments sometimes. But it's it's interesting. You can kind of make your own out of a tin can and a board. You know, you're what you're saying. It's like it's just a piece of wood, just a, something there. And that's really what gives it the sound. And then the tension of the strings, the material of the strings, that sort of you know that adds to it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you apply pressure to the string on different um, um, uh, lengths of the string, it actually changes the, uh, the frequency, which, which changes the note or the pitch that's being played. Right, right, and not to and not to, to to put the wrong image of an ahu in your head. By the way, uh, the actually the, the the actual like traditional ones are very intricately carved. They get a long curved neck, or at least it's the curves at the top, if I recall correctly. Uh, but and 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 the lute is the same way, where it's like it's like the guitar, where the guitar is like a simplification of the lute. Like if you look at it, there's oftentimes they're very intricately carved. There's like all kinds of things going on visually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. Yeah, they're, they're just you know they're different. They've evolved over time. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, not to denigrate this decade, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's just, it's just cool. How, like the the design of instruments is is such a significant um, part of what they are, but but it doesn't come across in digital recordings. Like most of us now, we experience. I mean, at least here in 2022, you know, who knows how long. But for now, a lot of people experience music through through like digital media, right? So they got it's coming in their, their headphones. I got headphones on right now, uh, and 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 that's pretty much it. They don't see the musician in front of them most of the time, you know. So like so like the appearance of these guitars and, and instruments and things kind of is completely lost on them, you know. Right. 
Wait, hold on. Can you say that last part again? I, I, I zoned. Oh, no, not a problem. So basically, like what you do is like you're there in your recording studio, right? And you've got whatever instrument you, you're deciding to record with today. Or you're using some sort of digital pad or, or, or synth or something that's, that's coming out of your device and like has no physicality, right? But in either case, it's all being mixed down into two channels of audio that are coming into the ears of your listeners or for most of your listeners, right? So like they don't get to see like what it is that you're playing or how the music actually came to them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I will uh, uh, note the uh, possible discrepancy that um, uh, uh, some audio is mixed down to two channels, but in a previous decade, it was actually uh, mixed down to only one channel of audio that was uh, reproduced. Um, the current time we're in, um, you can mix down actually into over uh I would say about a dozen different channels um, that the uh, that the audio is played through um, with technology like Dolby Atmos. Um, uh, there's there's seven point one point two systems, seven point two point two stuff like that. Where not only do you have a left and right channel, but um, it started even with a five point one system where you have five channels all around you. Um, to give you that surround sound. Um, but these days, it's not only all around you, but then there's uh, channels above and below you, which denote, which, which notes the, um, the different 0.1, 0.1. So like seven would be seven channels around you, and then 0.2 would be two channels above you. Uh, so 7.2.1, with the one being the sub. So, gotcha, it's, it's gotcha. Fascinating, yeah. So that's so that and, is that seven or eight different points of sound that are coming at you from different angles. Uh, it depends. It, it, uh, the different systems. Everybody, you know, uh, everybody has a different system. So you can you could really mix it up. It could be five point one point one. It could be five point one point uh, five point two point one. Um, so uh, it depends on the user. You know, it could be 7.2.3. You know, it really just depends on the user. Definitely, definitely. And then, and then for those of us, I mean, because, like, I've oftentimes seen that do, like, the, you know, there's, so, there's like, the, the mastering version or the company or whatever comes before it. I'm not going to say the name. And then the num then it's, like, so, a number, point, another number. So you're telling me that those, like, what's the signification of those two numbers? The first one is, is how many speakers there are. Is that, is that right? Actually, all of them denote a different arrangement of speakers, um, and it just it, it's as simple as how many speakers are in a specific area. So the first number is denoting how many speakers are on um, the listener level, so basically the same level that your ears are at. Okay. That's supposed to be the first number. How many speakers are at that level? So typically people do five. Because that was like the original 5.1 surround sound. Um, so originally we just had two left and right. That's stereo. But now we have surround sound, which is 5.1, the one denoting the bass. So the sub gets its own. Um, uh, because so that's. 5.1. Exactly. So, and because you're not going to mix any, you're not going to mix two different bass channels typically. Um, you typically just have one bass channel because the lower frequencies really compete for each other. So even when mixing music, you don't really want to uh, mix different sub frequencies together because then they, they fight with each other. 
Um, so the first number in the sequence of three numbers is the however many speakers are around the listener at ear level. The second number denotes how many speakers are facing the listener from above the listener. So above ear level, um, you could do, let's say, uh, two or three or four feet above the listener. And the reason for this is they can make rain sound a lot more realistic because the top speaker will show or will, will play a raindrop sound, and then it'll get to the second speaker very shortly afterwards. So it actually sounds like the rain is falling from top to bottom. That's incredible. Okay, so, you, so it gives you 3D motion in a, in a spheroid almost, or at least a hemisphere. Right, uh, and it could, it could be all around you. So you could have a you could have a ten point system. You can have ten speakers. Um, you could have seven speakers around you, two speakers up top, and then one sub, which would be like a ten point system. Okay, and then what would the number code be for that type of system? Maybe seven point seven point two point one. Okay, okay, that is how it goes. So the base stays at the end, and then the 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 middle number is yep. the higher one. Yep, absolutely. And if it says just seven point one, that means there's probably no speaker above. It's just the bass and the and the and the seven around you, right? Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Well, I learned something today. I hope somebody did. Uh, now, um, I'm not going to do. Well, maybe I will because we are at forty two minutes in. I will do one more brief ad. I want to keep this short because I'm really enjoying this conversation. So everyone, give a big hand for Orion while I dig around in this bag and let's see what I've got here. Oh, yes. All right. All right. Here it is. Here it is. Get better at everything you do. Complimentary ticket. Register today. Uh, www.roadmaptobecomeacoach.com. Uh, and there's another email. Uh, sorry, there's another uh, another URL associated with it. Uh, ipeccoaching.com ipeccoaching.com they got a phone number as well uh, but I'm not don't read phone numbers on the air you know uh, anyway um, questions call me Laura Abernathy CPC uh, and then a bunch of other letters after her name as well she's an IPEC alumni but again if she'd given me an email address I could have said that but so much for phone numbers I don't share those seven digits uh, anyway so yeah they check out the website there they do like to play mysterious this business card doesn't tell you much about it but you know some some advertisers are like that so Orion uh, I hope you're, you're still with us here um, so could you share a little bit with the audience I know you talked a little about it at the beginning about how you're a youtuber and uh, and what that means changes from year to year quite considerably. So tell me what it's a little bit like to be a YouTuber in the year um, 2022 uh, by by the by the old calendar. Yeah, um, I I'm not too familiar with with the changes of being a YouTuber um, throughout the years. I can. Oh no no no! That's totally fine. I'm saying it might be the future, you know. Uh, I'm saying like 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 what's the slice of life for for where you're at, kind of as a YouTuber now, you know? Like what's like what's that like? What's the experience? Well, my and, and I think everybody's experience as a YouTuber is going to be different from YouTuber from to YouTuber. But my experience so far, um, I call myself a baby YouTuber. Um, I I'm. I'm under 2,000 subscribers, but I'm over 1,000 subscribers, which is the, the limit needed to surpass in order for YouTube to send you a paycheck. Um, 
So I, I think that you could be like a hobbyist YouTuber where you're just uploading videos, um, under a thousand subscribers. Um, but then I, I think once you reach that threshold of getting a thousand subscribers and, um, and meet, meeting the watch hour requirements, um, you become a monetized YouTuber. And that's kind of where I, I find it like, you know, okay, now I can actually call myself a YouTuber because I gained the attention of, uh, you know, over a thousand people. And now I can, I, now I actually throw ads on my videos or, or YouTube puts ads on my videos for me, I should say. Um, and, and I can, uh, make money off of those ads. Um, I've already gotten my first paycheck from YouTube and, um, and I have another one coming. So, you know, if I continue to bring viewership to my channel and people watch the ads at the beginning of the, you know, or skip them if they need to, um, then that will generate revenue for, for my own being. Um, so it, it is start to, it's starting to become, um, uh, uh, a means of, uh, uh, income for me, which is important because that's the, this is the first, really the first time that my art has been, um, uh, a generator of income for me. And I've been trying for many, many years to make this happen. And, um, it's been quite the journey. Um, and so that, those are sort of the logistics behind it. Now, the art behind it, um, is very interesting because I have posted a lot of, I do vlog episodes, um, which basically just means, um, for me, I do IRL vlogs, which means in real life. So I do, I do, I film myself whenever I'm doing something fun, exciting, maybe going to a concert. Uh, maybe it's, uh, I have an episode of me flying an airplane. I have an episode of me learning to ride a motorcycle, you know, visiting friends and family over Christmas, just different stuff, you know, different major points in my life that are important and fun. I, I, I pull out my camera, I record it, I talk to, you know, my YouTube audience and, um, and, you know, try to engage and, and invite people into these special moments of my life. I'm inviting basically anybody out there to uh, partake in the experiences that I've gone through. Um, and so I post those blog episodes. Um, unfortunately, those don't get a lot of attention. Um, with, with where I'm at, um, mostly just friends and family that know me personally, but, um, so I've had to find means to gain an audience to actually become a YouTuber. So I've had to, um, uh, the, 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 the area that I hit are reaction videos. So I do reaction videos, um, which is me sitting at my computer, which I'm at right now. And I, I put on a music video or a, 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 a video of a famous artist performing a concert and I watch it and I talk and I, you know, they see my expression when I'm recording myself. And then I talk about it at the end. I might even pause in the middle and talk about the performance. And people, people just want to hear my opinion, you know, about what I saw. They want to see my facial expressions while I'm watching it because they love this artist. So they get excited when other people discover and want to talk about that artist. So they watch other people do reaction videos and that market has grown my YouTube channel to its point of monetization. Now those videos typically don't get monetized because they get copyright strikes. 
based off of um, the music that's being played. So, um, so what I have to do is I make other content as well. My vlog episodes, some of them may, so my vlog episodes are monetizable since there's no copyright. Uh, I don't use any copyright music or anything. I use all original music or music from um, uh, a royalty-free website that I pay for. Um, so those are able to get monetized. And if I make a, um, a vlog episode that is about a popular or relevant subject, for example, buying something from Amazon, doing a review video from something on Amazon, um, or doing other videos. I haven't really gotten into this, but doing videos about something that's relevant at the time, you know, whether it's a celebrity did something, if I talk about that, something controversial, something political, um, as long as all of the content is original, like the music, there's no copyright, I can monetize those videos. So my reaction videos help build my audience, but then I can use uh, my other videos to actually monetize and uh, make a little bit of money from that. That, so that's kind of what it's like for me. <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. And speaking of original content, I think our listeners are going to be very interested in these next two minutes. So I do want to I do want to wrap this up very quickly, Ryan. Thank you ever so much for being here, and uh, and very best wishes in all that follows. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's it for tonight. I'm gonna shut the fuck up and uh, play you this song. Guess who wrote it?
Thank you ever so much, everyone. Uh, the artist there is Ovi. Uh, and, and you know where to find that music. Check the show notes. That's right. Goodbye for now, everyone. Good morning. Good afterwards.